This is Hard Knocks Jimbo Lucas, and you're listening to Wrestling with Altitude. Welcome back to the Wrestling with Altitude podcast. I am your host, Mr. Fourth Row. And joining me once again, we're going to do a a Fan Friday edition of the podcast. And with me on this one, I've got Miss Katie. Katie, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, First question out of the shoot uh, for everybody. Uh, How did you uh, first get introduced into this uh, wacky world of professional wrestling? Well, I can definitely attribute that to Jimbo because (laughs) I remember when I first met him and he talked about wrestling. I was like, oh, so you wrestle? And he said, yeah. And he had to explain the difference to me between pro wrestling and wrestling. And I was like, oh, so you pro wrestle? And so that was kind of unique to me because I really hadn't had a whole lot of experience with it. And um, he was really in love with it. And so I kind of fell in love with it, too, because it was just nice to kind of have something together. And he ha- he wasn't quite back to wrestling yet. He had was about to start training and uh, so I guess it was around 2015, and um, that was really cool because I, I just didn't know enough about it. Yeah, and this was, uh, my understanding, this was uh, kind of like his, his uh, journey back to the business? Exactly. Yeah. I remember talking about how much he loved it and how one day it was going to be up to him to, to hang up his shoes, and I really thought that was really admirable because he, you know, it was a passion of his. Yeah. Yeah. And and we should tell the listeners and we should fill them in without, uh, you know, trying not to bury the lead per se here a little too much. Uh, you are, of course, a significant other uh, in, in the <laughs> business. Um, yeah. What is it? What is it like being that significant uh, other? The the trials and the tribulations, the highs and the lows. How How, how is the, the dynamic the fa- and, the, and of course, the family dynamic as well for you? Oh, of course. I need you to understand that it's just so amazing to just witness when people you care about, like the the wrestlers, you just can't help but care about them, especially if it's your significant other, but watching people cheer or even watching people boo. But, um, you just, you have such an invested heart in it. I have to say that my least favorite part of the whole angle is, is watching not just Jim, but anybody who gets hurt. You just worry about them because you're so invested and you care about them. Yeah. Yeah. But aside from that, I just, oh, it's been such an amazing journey and I'm just, I'm really glad to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, Does he uh, ever uh, bounce any ideas or things off of you, uh, you know, to uh, see if uh, what, you know, your, your thought process on it, how it would, you know, go in, in, you know, his uh, matches and his promos and things of that nature? 
That's a good question. A lot of times what I'll see him doing is I'll see him studying wrestling and he'll say, hey, watch this move. And then he will later in the next match I see him and he'll do that move. And I'm like, oh, wow. Um, But he's pretty (laughs) tight lipped. He really wants me to be invested in the storyline and me to be excited when people are excited. And so he tries to kind of keep it mum. But honestly, um, yes, occasionally I do kind of get to know one or two things. But usually it's just that I see it at the show. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. That's so, well, I guess that's I, I, in a way, I guess that's kind of a kind of a, a, a good thing uh, yes. so, th- so that you, you can get a uh, honest reaction and not be um, uh, I guess the only word I can think of is it just being being numb when it happens like, oh, OK, yay, you know, <laughs> right. The, the nonchalant clap. All right. Yay. You know, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have to tell you that um, when our daughter saw him do a heel turn for the first time, Uh he he came up to her after the show and he kind of rubbed noses with her and he said, do you still love me? You know, it was really special because she watched her daddy become a heel and she, you know, she's invested too. And she was like, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty cool. It's just really fun to be a fan. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Uh, it's you know kind of going along that same lines. Um, how are the, how do the kids uh, get in uh, with uh, with uh, dad being uh, you know in in the business? Uh, I, uh, do they do they enjoy it? Do they um, kind of go? This is crazy. Can't believe you know he's doing it. Or you know how how do they? What's their what's their take? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, first, they're 110% proud of him. Um, Luke wears his merch at home. <laughs> He's a, he just loves his dad. And um, Tatum, too, she tells everyone, my dad's a wrestler. My dad's a wrestler. They're so invested and they love it so much. And one of my favorite recent moments was that um, the kids went to um, the Headlocks for Hospice Uh, That was CSW, the latest one. And they really, because they're getting older, they really recognize the value in walking up to the wrestlers and asking for their pictures. And Mm -hmm. both of them, we left the show with them both talking about what an amazing time they had and which wrestlers they talked to. And I even had Luke tell me, hey, mom, do you want me to walk up to someone and ask them to take a picture with you? Which was really special (laughs) to me because I, I know that they just have that confidence of, of kids watching people that they admire that's that's great that's that's fantastic i i love hearing hearing that uh one thing i, I was i was going i just remembered that i was going to ask uh, we're going to step back for just a moment when you were uh when you got involved in and uh jim was uh kind of telling you that he was a professional wrestler and you kind of you had to kind of explain what it was yeah. Um, you, you of course probably had some already uh, knowledge about, you know, what we what we saw on TV, the D- the WWF and, and things like that. Did you have to also kind of um, break it down and kind of explain a little bit of difference between the quote unquote big time and, and, you know, and then, of course, where he's at, what he's doing and, and things of that nature? Oh, yes. And I had multiple missteps where I would call it the wrong thing. But honestly, he broke it down so so, like so tenderly. He was just so understanding and always really patient about uh, making sure that I understood the difference. And um, yeah, there were there was a lot of learning that happened at, at an older age in terms of all of it. But my my first pro wrestling show that I ever went to was the um Jack Zaylor Memorial Show in 2015 with Primos, mm-hmm. and I saw Trajan 
who was the Primo's champ at the time, and Bruce Rogers, which was the 303 champ. And I can't be positive, but I feel like I saw Sammy Six Guns and Caleb Crush. And it was just so fun. And the whole atmosphere, even though it was a memorial show, was just really so, so much camaraderie. And um, that was just, those were my early days. Uh, Johnny Crash and Polly B were their Market Street Riot. And I just mm-hmm. really, ugh, I had such a great time. I brought a friend with me and she was like, I want a picture with one of the wrestlers. So we walked, walked up to Bruce Rogers and I took the picture for her because I'm like, I'm the worst at asking for photos or anything. So, yeah, I just have such good memories of just early on what with me and my learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me ask you about that since you mentioned uh, uh, the the tribute show. And, you know, of course, uh, there have been quite a few uh, tribute shows in the area for 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 various reasons, things like that. Uh, d- d- let me ask you this: Do you what do you th- what do you think of them? Uh, my my opinion is, I want to see if you agree with this. The the tribute shows are just really really special because a lot of times the promoters will n- not necessarily try to uh, put in any storylines. Let's just go out and and wrestle and put on a a great show. And I think it too it psychologically elevates the the combatants in each match too. What do you what do you think about that? Oh, no, I totally agree. There's just so much love between each of the wrestlers. And on as with any memorial show, they're just their heart is 110 percent in it. And they just really go out there and they give it their all. And they always just give everyone just an amazing show. And in earnest, I'm just like I always walk out of there grateful because, you know, whenever they're doing anything, memorializing anyone, there's always going to be a level of their heart being in it so much. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, like I said, you know, kind of what I was, uh, you know, kind of alluding to and getting getting to is that they could just go out there and said, oh, "This was we're just going to empty the tank." The two combatants in there, they're, they're going to just empty the tank in the ring. We're going to throw everything at each other, and right. you know, I don't think I don't think necessarily even each, each wrestler in each match. I, I don't think necessarily they don't care who wins the match as long as they are able to put on that and that show and it's a it's a gift to you know the tribute of you know the show whoever they're you know memorializing in in the particular show absolutely just always such fantastic performances and just just all of their heart in it they leave it right on the mat yeah so um kind of uh you know kind of going from there uh one thing that uh listeners uh, we were talking before we got uh recording and uh one of the things that uh you kind of you were telling me telling me beforehand that you didn't really realize until kind of after it happened is that uh you growing up your uh your siblings were actually taken to uh, a wrestling show but you didn't kind of understand it that why they were going but then you found out later what it what it was all about who who was it that they went and right. saw and things of nature want to, want to tell the listeners uh, that's that story yes so it was either 1990 or 1991 which would have made me around 10 or 11 um we, we lived in alaska and my brothers went to the egan center in anchorage where they actually saw um, Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake and Sergeant Slaughter uh, was a heel and mm-hmm. he was waving an Iraqi flag and uh, it was during Desert Storm right. and he was he was wrestling Hacksaw Jim Duggins and then 
when my brother told me this, I was so jealous because at the time when I found this out, I'm like, I know who these people are, <laughs> but the Hart Foundation versus the British Bulldogs. And I was so jealous because he talked about it with such like such admiration. And I'm like, you think you admire them? Look, this is my life now. Yeah. And he talked about how about three weeks later, um, how he watched that match that was there at the Egan Center on television. And he was like, where were the cameras? Because they were just they were just witnessing it and just experiencing it. And um, I'm just, you know, I'm just so impressed because I, I just I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you said, uh, kind of uh, looking back at it now, and now knowing, uh, right? you know, where your life has uh, uh, gone to, and where you know why we're talking right now as I'm, as yeah. I'm recording this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I was like, oh, if only I'd known then what I know now, because yeah, like you said, it was the WWF at the time, and I just, like, I just th- think back at how much if it could have been me now there. Yeah. I, I would just totally fangirl and just be, I'd have no voice the next day. Seriously. How exciting. Yeah. And so why uh, did you not go? Uh, see, I, at the time, I believe I was actually uh, with my mom somewhere yeah. and I wasn't able to go, okay. but I know that, oh my gosh, I just like, when I, I listened to my brother tell this story, he told it almost just knowing how excited I would get about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, uh that's uh, definitely uh crazy. So speaking of uh kind of where your life is uh tuned in now from there to to uh you know to you know the present and probably the 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 future and just a little bit of the little bit of the past. Uh, yeah. one, one thing we're talking about, uh, kind of a uh, dynamic family dynamic that we were kind of talking about, mm-hmm. uh, as uh, people of, you know, we're going to probably focus a little bit more on in this episode, a little more Colorado Springs wrestling, just because, you know, Jimbo is, you know, if we could call, you know, we start getting the legends, you know, the, of, of CSW, of course, he's going to be at the top of the list. And one of the uh, some of the memorable moments of the fans of uh, Colorado Springs wrestling can remember, you know, back in the you know close to the inception and uh, the the birth and the, kind of the ball rolling for CSW is right. uh, we got a lot of visits from uh, from um, uh, Marty Casals, Marty the Marth Martinez, uh, <laughs> you know, whoever you want to call him. Um, and one of the biggest uh, things was back in the day, if CSW fans, listeners remember when uh, CSW was still at the Hillside Community Center and uh, a huge, huge uh, main event uh, at uh, CSW uh, that uh, happened. And then you were able to get involved with uh uh, you know that uh, I believe Chris Chavez uh, kind of you know kind of went to you guys and had this uh, idea about you know kind of keeping the story going line outside of the ring and kind of doing some like I said storytelling outside of the ring. Uh, you want would you like to tell the listeners about uh, what happened, what you got to participate in, and uh, and uh, you know you know explore your fandom, you know getting involved a little bit. <laughs> sure, I think it's the only time I've ever really been involved, and honestly, it was such an honor, and I was just I feel privileged even now even talking about it. But I remember that when Jimbo got hurt, um, he was out for like a month, and then um, at the time, what my participation level was you know going to the shows and and cheering and booing and doing everything there but I mean it's hard because you want to cheer even 
some of the heels because you're just a huge fan. Yeah. Um, but um, my participation level was really just holding the signs up for the wrestlers and everything like that. And at the time, I was super excited because um, Chris invited me to participate in a certain way. So as um, the storyline went, um, Jimbo was suspended and he had gotten a, a strict reprimand from Chris Chavez that he was not even allowed in the building. And um, I remember when it was time for Marty to actually come out, he was going to wrestle filter. And <clears throat> I, I pulled out a sign and I held it up and, and it will always, I'll always remember the feeling I had of being part of the storyline when people started looking at me and watching what I, what I had, because I was holding a sign up that said, let Jimbo wrestle. <laughs> and I just felt like awestruck because people got quiet and then people started talking to each other and like, pointing to it and i was like oh my gosh i'm in the story this is really exciting yeah yeah so that was really special and honestly um yeah that was just a really i feel really privileged even now to have have been part of that because that was you know csw um coming to the springs mm -hmm. and uh, oh man i just i had such a heart for it even then so it was pretty special yeah. Yeah. And like, like I said, it was, uh, you know, towards their, uh, you know, towards their beginning, uh, you know, yeah. with, uh, all the things that were going on there, of course, uh, you know, just as any, any company, of course, CSW was uh, evolved and, and grown and, yes. and things of that nature. Uh, uh, so being there, you know, at the inception of CSW and kind of where it is now, right. uh, uh, what is it that, uh, that you, you really enjoyed or have remembrance of, uh, you know, some, you know, past events with, uh, CSW and kind of what, what you're thinking, what you're seeing, uh, where, where CSW is now. Oh, wow. Well, something I really, really feel honored about is I love how CSW always has the headlocks for hospice because that's just really community based, which I, I find so special. And, um, you know, I love that Randy Root has taken over and he's just such a showman and he does such a good job. And, um, I just, um, even back then I just, I, I was less knowledgeable about things and I was just learning. And so now right. knowing more of the ins and outs of it and how hard they work and how hard the wrestlers, you know, people ship in from other States and you just have so much admiration for these guys that go out there and they just bust their hump and they just wrestle with all their heart. And so a lot, a lot has, you know, it's grown uh, exponentially. So many of the shows are just sold out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's always, and then meeting up with friends at the shows, those are, those are hmm. special moments because you always look back and you have those memories. And yeah. so there's so, so many good things that come from it. I mean, you don't want to see people get hurt. Um, um, but other than that, like you're always watching for them and rooting for them, even when you're booing them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and then kind of speaking of that, and kind of uh, hitting back, hitting back, and exploring a little bit back on the uh, family dynamic, and what we've uh, called back to what we were talking about. After, has there been any times uh, after a show, after a, uh, a a Jimbo Lucas match, after the the lights are lights are off and the the ring is torn down, that you go over to Jim and go, 
what the heck were you thinking in that match? Why did you, why did you and so and so do what you guys did? Has there been times of that? Oh my gosh! So come on, <laughs> you know I think every, especially in our house, especially yeah. in our house, I think the the breakup between Jimbo and Big Guns, I yeah. think that I think that broke the spirits of our children. <laughs> <laughs> because they just love love big guns and they just root for him and and so it's hard it's and it's funny because you know yeah. they look at their dad and they're like we're rooting for you but then they see these other wrestlers and they're like but we're rooting for you too yeah so yes absolutely there have been times where i've i've walked up to jimbo and i've been like did that have to happen that <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah uh, that's uh that's fan that's fantastic uh, yeah yeah uh, so you know, kind of going along, kind of also too exploring your 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 fandom. Uh, what have been some of like um, you know your your memorable moments of uh, things that you've either either like I said we participated in, got to experience, or maybe even you know watching you know things like on um, TV the 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 WWE, the AEW, the Impact Wrestling, or you know whatever else you do. Do you, uh, speaking of that, uh, you know kind of a part uh one of that question do you watch anything else uh like on on the tv on the like i said the the national channels the national brands things of that nature do you get do you have time to do you tune in every once in a while try to get quibits of things or or whatnot so i'm going to tell you some of my first experiences with it um because this is the thing is that two of my most memorable matches that i saw on television Uh were um, I remember the moment that I watched Finn Balor when he was injured with Seth Rollins. Oh. And I was, still, I was still pretty fledgling to watching anything on TV, but I knew something had happened. Right. And I, oh my gosh, is he hurt? Like I, because based on seeing, you know, independent wrestling, I, I honestly, I was like, is he hurt? And it came out pretty quickly that he had had a rotator cuff injury. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I knew it. And I was, I have to say that at that moment, I just was such a fan of Finn Balor's because I was, I was kind of broken hearted for him. I'd never seen anybody drop a belt. And I was like, what? You know, so that was pretty, that was a big deal to me. And um, I, I remember also, I watched Andrade and Drew McIntyre in NXT when they wrestled. And I think at the time, the it was supposed to go to drew mcintyre and even then i was like hey wait a second something's a little bit off and andrade won and uh we found out later i think that it was a bicep i think he tore his bicep and i can't even imagine how he finished a match with a torn bicep good golly right those were kind of cool moments for me just early just when i was just kind of learning about um anything that was you know on television wrestling um, but in the early stages, I used to love, I was, I would fangirl for Neville when Neville was on 205 live and now mm-hmm. he's Pac. Yeah. And so I, I love whenever I see Pac come out, I get the flutter in my heart. It's like, Oh, you know, uh-huh. and then, Oh my gosh, I, I could go on and on. I love mm-hmm. orange Cassidy. I just watched his little bit with sting and <laughs> I just watched it over and over like a gif when, when he was when they were doing their thing together that was so much fun i think that was a pretty recent aew um that they were in the corners and um so yeah i do really enjoy watching things on tv let me tell you this um i went to a live wwe house event here in colorado springs mm-hmm. 
And I got to, you know, partake in that and, and see it live, which was super exciting. That was way back in like 2016. And um, we came out of the show and we stopped at a gas station. I think that at, for a time, um, Primo's had Pat Tanaka wrestling for them. And Jimbo had uh, met, met up with Pat Tanaka. And um, uh, when, we, when we went to that, the meeting... I looked in the gas station where we had stopped and I recognized Gallows and Anderson. And I was like, Oh my gosh, is that Gallows and Anderson? Yeah. And, and Jim was like, it is. So he, uh, he ended up, uh, seeing Gallows and Anderson kind of recognize Pat Tanaka. And he's like, yeah, man, that's Pat Tanaka. And they, (laughs) Jinder Mahal was there too. And, uh, they kind of fangirled like, and I, wa- I witnessed them taking selfies with him. <laughs> and that was really exciting to see because it's not every day that you run into, uh, you know, wrestlers at from that level yeah. um, at a gas station. Yeah, gas stations are yeah, gas stations are very difficult to uh, run into them. But you know, in my experience, it's it's more likely you're going to run into them possibly at a uh, a restaurant after a show. You know, especially right. a, especially a late show. Right. Um, right. Yes, because they're trying to get something to eat before they have to uh, hit off uh, the road. Especially if they're not, uh, they've already checked out of the hotel and things like that, and they're you know they're going to get something before they they head out. So I mean, my personal experience, I've run into uh, a few wrestlers that after a show, uh, uh, you know, either in Colorado Springs or in Loveland, you just hit up the nearest uh, Texas Roadhouse or, <laughs> or 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 similar, and sometimes you'll find them, and sometimes you'll uh, run into to the, the, the Randy Orton at the time when he was the youngest WWE champion in history, oh, you know, wow. thing, things of that nature. And you'll get to see uh, Batista uh, and, uh, and Maven rib on the, uh, the, the, the kitchen staff, you know, you know, saying, Hey, this is supposed to be, I know it's late and everything, but what the heck is this food? And, and they were just, they, so they called the chefs out and they, and they oh my you know, gave, gave them the spiel. And then they're like, nah, we're just messing with you. So, <laughs> so they, so, so they, they, you get to experience some of that stuff by uh, afar. And it's, it's so great to see that, um, that they're having fun. They, they have a fandom as well. And you know, that, you know, knowing, you know, that is true. Everybody does start that gets in the business. They're, they're a fan first. Right. Oh my gosh. You know, I will tell you this. Um, <clears throat> I witnessed when the UK wrestling kind of started to be built into WWE because we were watching how they were doing the, um, where they were determining who was going to be, you know, the next up and coming. And I remember watching, um, the UK strong style. It was Pete Dunn and it was Trent seven and then, um, Tyler Bate. Oh my gosh. That was so much fun to just see them kind of everything get started there. And so I remember how excited I was about it. I sent away for them to like, I wanted an autographed picture from Pete Dunn. And when the mail came, I got an autographed picture from all three of them. And I just remember getting so excited in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> like, they all three signed it. They all three signed it. 
And, you know, it's it's so silly because I, I try to remain low key about that sort of thing. But I yeah. just remember getting so like my heart was beating so fast. And I was like, I got from all three of them. I did not I did not know that was what I was signing up for. And I'm just so glad that I did. It still it still hangs on my wall with a picture of Jimbo and Ric Flair. You know, <laughs> those are just part of our life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I could imagine that, you know, and what I kind of also say too, and, and, you know, and it's, it's living proof of, uh, you know, of, of myself, uh, you, uh, other people and that are, that have, uh, you know, gone into where we, where we started, where we kind of are now, it, it, it's about making those connections. When you make yeah. those connections and some, and then you, um, you're either asked or you, you asked to, you know, help out with, with things. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's just, it's just amazing. And I, and I, and personally, I just, I'm just happy to kind of, uh, contribute and to kind of be a part of the community and, 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 and do things like this, for example, and, and, and stuff like that. So it's just amazing to see that. And like I said, and also just to be the quote unquote fly on the wall and, and see those kind of fun things. Right. Oh my gosh. You know, this is actually kind of important to me to mention because I, as I said, I think that Headlocks for Hospice is super super near and dear to me because I just appreciate the cause and the community level that comes with it. But, um, you know, the last NXT takeover was in your house and Pete Dunn wrestled in it <clears throat> and all of his gear afterwards was auctioned off yeah. for Acorns Children Hospice. And I was like, oh my gosh, what, you know, they all have very similar, you know, hearts when it comes to this sort of thing. And, and that's just even more special. Right. I just love it. Isn't that just, oh, yeah, it just touches me. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, you know, <laughs> well, and it's kind of topical at, at, at this time, uh, since he had just recently returned, uh, that mm -hmm. uh, uh, John Cena, I think his, uh, if I'm not mistaken, last time I checked, I thought he was the number one Make-A-Wish grantor of, of all time. I think he, he think he broke that record like a long time ago but just kind of along that along that same lines and and i know that uh you know rest uh wrestling organizations uh of course wwe and other ones as well have always have uh, participated and got involved and, and it's, it's always good to see that um like i said this the charity building a community which and you know csw is is always uh you know um promoting and 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 mentioning and and that's part of it and that's you know and and generally in overall speak you know that's what indie wrestling is it's it's uh, a community it's uh you know it's the it's the local then it's you know then you step out you know the, the region connects to each other and then regions connect to each other and like I said it's, it's about making those connections and 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 everything and then you know meeting new people and, right. and get, getting to getting to know them you know even oh uh, yeah. Even though, even if it may take, you know, two or three months uh, for them coming out, you know, two or three months, a month at a time in a row to find the yeah, good, good connection. And that's what right. I really love about it, you know, because I've, I've met some, you know, new good friends uh, just by them coming to a particular promotion for, you know, three or four months in a row and got, got to see him wrestle and, and, and talk to him and things of that nature. So it's, it's just so much fun. I need to tell you this because I, I completely forgot about this experience, but this was kind of a, a sweet moment for me, especially when I think about <clears throat> how the wrestlers, they'll just pile in a car and they'll, they'll show up for a show and they'll give it, they'll, they'll give it their all. And it's always so spectacular. 
And especially having been to as many shows with people who've never been to a show in my experience, because yeah. a lot of people in my life, I'm like, come to a show with me. And, you know, it's so amazing. Um, but I remember this one particular event where uh, they brought Rob Risen in. And I love watching Rob Risen wrestle. He's super entertaining. And he's so he just is very charismatic. And you just absolutely love him. But never before and, and never again, I was sitting there after the show waiting for Jimmy to be done. And um, Rob Rising came out and he sat down and he was just he didn't know who I was. And of course, I knew who he was. Mm -hmm. And I, I started kind of talking to him and he was like, oh, you know, asking me about about um, who I was. And he was just oh, my gosh, he was just so friendly. Like you would be so surprised. Some of these guys come out looking like Rob Rising and, you know, come out and people expect them to be one way. And I of course, see it from the other side where he sat there and he had a conversation with me and he was just so uh, kind and courteous and just made such an amazing impression on me. That was one of my favorite experiences. I just thought that was so cool. And, and I've been a fan, uh, you know, longer than that, but it's just so, so exciting to see where our wrestlers go and how much they do and, and you're rooting for them no matter what. <laughs> yeah, so true. Uh, that's, that's a great, a great thing. I, I want to ask you uh, explore this a little, little further. Uh, has, has it been more than this many uh, times that you've actually been able to uh, talk to the person behind the wrestler? And do you, when you, when that happens, do you kind of get a little uh, freaked out at first? Like, I'm talking to the person behind the wrestler and they're just, they're just a little bit different than, than what I thought, you know, being, you know, separated from the character. Have you, have you had those moments? I have. <laughs> I'll tell you this. This was a really funny moment where, um, I had, I had walked up to the merch table afterwards, uh, after a show and someone came up behind me and I turned around and, my kids love the bearded lady, but I absolutely have such a soft spot. I think everybody does the whole, the whole three ring yeah. circus. They're just so entertaining. Mr. Happy. Um, but the bearded lady came up behind me and I fangirled in, in like unexpectedly. I surprised myself. I was like, Oh, hi, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was such a special moment because getting to talk to the bearded lady and the bearded lady being so down to earth and so kind and yeah. Oh my God. Yes, it's so nice to just be able to talk to the wrestlers and and realize that they're just regular people and they and as you know so many of the female wrestlers I have so much admiration for um it's just been such a great experience just people are so kind and it's such a community and that's just been really amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've uh, I've had a very similar experience uh, in the position that I'm in uh, with yeah. with the with the bearded lady and uh, <laughs> well, because I've I've well, that's just beyond you know kind of the best way to kind of explain it is that you know I'm, I'm having to work with some of these guys and gals uh, right. on on certain things and to uh, figure out kind of how to work with them on what on what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's it's weird. And so one of the biggest things is kind of uh, you said about the bearded lady when I have to uh, ask her questions about, you know, certain things about, hey, well, in this particular case, we'll, we'll just not sidestep anymore, you know, work in the merch table for, uh, you know, one of the promotions here. And, you know, yeah. hey, what do you what are you charging for this? You know, and then like, hey, I got an idea for you. You know, do you have any of this, uh, this and that? So it, and it, it's time kind of, I'm having to also try to 
uh, lasso in wrestlers in in this particular responsibility that I do in the business. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This aspect, and it's 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 hard. It's hard to, as you can imagine, sometimes to lasso in the wrestlers to go, hey, you know, get your get your stuff over here, get the information into me and things of that nature. But, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. It's actually kind of uh, funny and uh, at times in, uh, in enjoyable in that aspect as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> I believe it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so kind of um, switching from there, um, another fandom that I'd like to explore with you and is, uh, uh, you're a, a Pokemon Go trainer, such as myself. Uh, when did you uh, start uh, in the uh, Pokemon Go? Did you start right back in July of 2016, or was it a little after that? So a week after um, Pokemon Go came out, I had a friend reach out to me and say, Hey, Katie, you need to play this. It's super fun. And I, I was like, oh, I don't know. It's a mobile game. I don't have to buy anything, do I? Mm-hmm. And I started on Pokemon Go, and I realized how much I really loved it. And um, I was playing, and I, I kind of roped my kids into playing with me. But then they both were like, well, we don't want to be on uh, Team Mystic. We want to be on a different team. What's the red team? Team Valor. And I was like, what? So I was kind of disappointed because they wanted to play against me. And I remember that Jimbo was like, well, I'll play with you. And and he jumped on board and he passed me right up. He was just awesome at it. And he knew exactly like he had, he explained things to me that I didn't even grasp. And then the kids realized how serious we were about it. So they, that was about that, by that time the metal had come out so you could switch teams. Our daughter switched teams and our son was the last to do it. But I think they just both wanted to be on our team. And so as a family, We've just, we've played together and I've, I've witnessed all, you know, Jim is at level 45 at this point. He only has five more levels to be capped out. We all went legacy before the, well, Jim and I, um, went legacy before, uh, they, they, on, in 2020, right. you had to finish. Yeah. You had to beat level 40 by, uh, the end of 2020. I remember on new year's Eve, uh, in 2020 my mom called me and said I really want to go legacy so Jimmy and I went out and we played until 11:45 at night to get her to level 40 oh my mom and dad both play yeah. and I'll talk about that in a minute but Jimmy 15 minutes before the clock stroke midnight on 2021 yeah. he got her and she had 2 million experience that she had to to earn and mm. he knew all along Oh, yeah, I can do that. As long as she has enough, you know, lucky eggs, I can do that. And I just remember me being like, okay, whatever you say. And when I told my dad, who's a serious Pokemon Go player, uh, he was like, man, I did not think he could do that. (laughs) Which was really impressive because I feel like in everything, it's fun to to underestimate Jim because (laughs) (laughs) he proves people wrong and he's so awesome. But my dad actually, I think 2018, because I started in 2016 and in 2018, uh, my dad retired um, and he asked me about Pokemon Go. And at no point did I think my father, who was just in retirement, would want to play a mobile game with us. And I kind of gave him the, the, the gist of it. I told him, what you know 
the basics of it, what I knew going into it. And then within the year, he passed me up. He passed me up. He got to level 40 before me. And now anytime I go home to see them, um, my dad's always like, all right, you're here. It's good to see you. You want to go spend some stops? (laughs) Oh, man, that's so much fun for me to just because it's the same thing. It's, you know, building relationships with people you love. And and there isn't a day that goes by that Jim and I don't at least spend a stop together. And so that's really cool. You know, the family that plays together stays together. Right. So, so was it, was, was, uh, your dad getting into it being influenced by, by your mom playing or? No, my mom played after my dad. My dad actually got into it, uh, because he knew that the kids and Jim and I played it. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize how serious he was about it until I saw him catching up to me and then pass me. And he's really competitive. Even with the team rocket battles, he will ask me, where's Jim? Where's Jim and the Team Rocket Battles? Yeah. And they're usually neck and neck. I think uh-huh. right, I think right now Jim is maybe a few ahead of him, and, which is really funny to me because they seriously, they're in a loving way, they're competitive about that. That's so much fun. Yeah, well, that's that's good. You're talking in the uh, in the in the league, the the battle league, right? Uh, or, no, I'm oh. talking about with the number of rocket battles that they have. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's really funny because they always kind of compare who's got more rocket battles. Oh, so they're go- <laughs> yeah, so they're going into the into the medals and seeing who's where's everybody at. I get yeah. it. Okay, yeah. yeah, I I see. Yeah, well, I'm at the I'm at that uh, the stage where that's what I have to compete to or complete to uh, go, go to the next level. I have to, you know, uh, beat 100 grunts, beat the team leader 50 times, purify. <laughs> a hundred, you know, so that's where I'm at too. But I think by the time I get done with that, I'll probably have my experience, uh, at that point too. Cause you know, it takes a while, even, even though they're more, um, out there, the, the balloons and, and things of that nature, but I'm not going to purify every single time I get when I'm only going to purify in my opinion, when I see something good, cause I've got time, I got time oh, to yeah. purify those hundred before, right. before I reach my XP. If you grind it too hard, you get kind of like you get overwhelmed with it. And so it's, yeah. it's better time, especially with the purification, because there are some of them that you can purify for less. And so when you get into that battle, you, you go into it knowing, oh, this is going to be a Zubat. I, I'm only going to have to purify for a thousand yeah. versus three thousand. So, yeah, I totally feel you. Yeah. And, you know, in, in my, my particular case, I don't have a lot of uh, uh, Schweinub uh, candy. Oh, yeah? and, and if it's not good enough, I'm not, I'm not purifying. I'm not wasting. No. I'm not wasting any candy. <laughs> I don't blame I, you. I got I got a I got a hundred percent one that I've got a that I've got a power up and stuff. That's where my candy's going to. Right. <laughs> you know? I'm with you every time. Seriously, <laughs> I go in and I always look to see how many how many hundreds do I have now for the hundred percent for the fifteen fifteen fifteen. Yeah. And I always feel really proud of that when I have another one. <laughs> yeah. And they're always the ones that all my candy go to too. Yeah, and what I know about you, but uh, when it comes to the comes to those, I'm always like so happy. Like when I finally get, well, I, I in a way I'm kind of happy, but also kind of mad at Niantic about the uh, the super candy. Yes, uh, you know, or the candy XL, and uh, and it's I always when I get to those ones that I need to uh, power up, and and I'm off of the uh, the the candy, and now I'm at the candy XL, and I'm like. Uh, I don't have enough to, I don't have enough to, uh, regular candy to transfer over. It was like, uh, I want, but I want to power you up. What am I supposed to do? (laughs) And you're like, I was stingy with the rare candy. I don't want to give you rare candy. I just want to have more candy. Come on, Niantic. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then that's like, and then that's like, okay, well, I guess maybe I'll make him my buddy, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Every time that's always great, but sometimes you have to walk them further and you kind of feel you're like, boo, why does this have to be this many, you know, this much to walk? But yeah. I feel like you know, I'll tell you this, I'm super stingy with my experience, whereas uh, my XP, I'm sorry, <clears throat> and a gym will run out of XP because he'll power things up and I will just hold on to it like such a, a stardust. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm such a hoarder with my I, stardust. I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you, uh, you're like. Yeah, no, I'm just I hold on to it. I think I have over two million right now. Oh, I seriously am so stingy with it. But we're we're polar opposites yeah i've seen jimmy like do stuff specifically to get his stardust and then he'll spend it all and i'm like no why do you do that and, <laughs> and i feel like he probably feels the same about me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like why are yeah <laughs> the opposite side why isn't that why isn't that monster uh powered up higher you know <laughs> right i'm always afraid that i'll power the wrong one up i'm yeah. like i I don't want to ruin something that I could use for one of the lower leagues. So right, yeah. yeah. Well, that's why that's why I'm always trying. To, that's why uh, that's why I love the the tags now that they add the tags on there because yeah. then yeah. I know I know where exactly my hundreds are, and then I can just go ahead and just you know get those as much as I can, and you know and go from there because you know when I get those tags that say. You know, power up a Pokemon five times and get some, uh, you know, get some Mega Candy. I'm like, all right, cool. I, I got, I got some. I, I, I've tasked to do that with. Absolutely, I totally mm -hmm. agree. And I remember the very last time I, I went back and saw my folks. Um, I was teaching them exactly what the tags are, and they. I remember my dad kind of getting excited. He's like, "Oh, that's what those are. I had no idea." So it's really fun to kind of learn and grow. Uh, it's such a community game. I love it so much. Yeah. What what's the um what's the, speaking of that what's the uh thing that uh you feel like you've uh, taught uh, the most people uh in in the game of hey, you know, have you thought about doing this or or try this? Um well, I recently had a conversation with a friend who started playing Pokémon after me and she was asking watch for some some things you can power up for less stardust or purify for less stardust than others and she got excited about it <laughs> i felt so proud that i taught her something because i knew that this game means so much to me that sometimes people look at me like i'm crazy they're like uh yeah okay but when someone gets excited right alongside you or when you you know sit down with a friend and do a million trades i don't know if you know what i'm talking about because <laughs> i hold on to trades so I can trade with friends because after so many trades you get a lucky trade like you don't have to wait for the lucky you can actually earn it by just doing trading which is yeah. awesome so so Katie you, you did cut out there we did cut out there for a moment what was it that she was asking oh she was asking she was trying to do the purification okay and it was a grind for her and I told her about how you could actually purify um, some of the, there were certain Pokemon you get in a rocket battle that you can purify for less stardust. Mm -hmm. And she got really excited about that, which made me really excited because uh. I was so proud that I could teach someone something and <laughs> because it was just so much fun. I was really excited about that. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, what's, um, the, the thing that, uh, 
is top of mind that that you've learned that that you somebody told you of what to do or or something that you asked to do uh, how to do in, in the game that's uh memorable to you um <clears throat> i remember pretty early on that um i didn't understand um because for a long time we didn't have um the the grading where it shows you where it's a 15 15 15 or anything whatever the the level is and they added right. that to the game um before that jim could calculate it in his head he's like oh that's a good one and i was like how do you even know that and when they changed it in the game and you could you could see what you're actually doing it it clicked of course seeing right. it visually for me and it was so exciting to actually understand why i'm keeping this pokemon versus throwing it away because unless you you really understood it you could have been throwing away 100 percent and not knowing it Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I remember. Yeah, I remember back. Yeah, back in the day before they had that too. It was just like, oh, just keep the one with the the higher number. Exactly. But, and you you know you may have you may have a a a, a CP ten uh, Pikachu that's a hundred and you're right. you're like oh no oh. you know my mom still my mom still plays where she reads what what Blanche tells her yeah. and. If it says that it's an enormous Pokemon or it's a giant po Pokemon, my mom will still hold on to it. And I will show her the rating and I'll be like, it doesn't matter if she says it's giant. You got to look at the rating. Yeah. And my mom still holds true to that. She's like, no, but it's giant. No, but it's giant. <laughs> I love that so much about her. Oh, my gosh. She gets so into the game. My kids like to, to watch my mom do Pokemon battles, even if it's taking down a raid boss. Because my mom will tap the screen so loud that you can hear it across the room. Oh. Because she wants to beat it so bad. It's it, you know, it makes you chuckle, but it also feels really good to know that she's invested and loves it and has fun. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the most frustrating thing in the game to you? Ugh. I mean, they tantalize you with space. And uh -huh. you, you want to hold, you want space, but you don't want to have to pay for it. Right. I think I just saw on Facebook somewhere where someone refused to do anything that costs coins. Uh. And I'm like, I wish I could do that because it's so aggravating because you don't want to pay to play. Although I feel like the last GoFest was really worthwhile. Oh, yeah. I did not get to play very much on the first day of GoFest. And I still got shinies that day. And I was just so excited because getting a shiny is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> here, here, here's my philosophy. And I think I've told you this before. But um, as as much as I play and I know as much as yourself and, and Jim play, I don't mind spending the extra, you know, in this, this particular case, the $5 for GoFest, the, the extra, you know, money for the extra little... Uh, uh, um, task the, uh, the the you know the re the extra special research for the community days right and things like that um, I normally don't uh, spend any money on upgrading uh, you, you know upgrading my uh, item bag or my storage I usually you know try to get coins for all that and right. that and and speaking of that's my fr most frustrating thing there's days that I can have I can have like ten to fifteen monsters out there in gyms. And nobody's defeating him. And I'm like, come on, I've only earned seven coins today. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I need those coins. Come on, people. Yeah, no, I feel you completely. Um, and I feel the same way. I feel like um, maybe it was last GoFest where they gave it to you three months early, but it meant that you got special things going on with Community Day. Um, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I thought that was really cool because it really encouraged you to buy it early. But again, I still feel like um, this GoFest has been my favorite thus far in all of the GoFests. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it was really um, satisfying, like just playing and then even the tasks that they gave. Um, I felt really uh, compelled to complete it. And then having the musical Pokemon at the end, uh, Melody, I believe. And that was that was so much fun for us because we went out and we made sure that we completed it the second day. And it took us till later in the day because we couldn't necessarily play the first GoFest day. And when I found out that uh, GoFest was going to be in Denver, I was, oh, man, I could have I had to. I had to simmer down because we had plans the day of, and I just, oh, if I could have, I would have been at GoFest in Denver. That would have been so amazing. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't go I didn't go even though I am in Denver, but I had other things <laughs> going on, too. Right. And I, was, I was concentrating on, on that, uh, you know, the first day, too. Uh, did you, did uh, day two of GoFest with the, the raid day, did, did it kind of lag for you like it did for me? It seemed like oh gosh. some of the raids I were really, oh. Yes, some of the some of the time it was really frustrating. And I mean, I can remember myself being like, oh, no, not again. But I, I remember that someone invited me to a raid at the very end of the day and I completed all the tasks. And all day I had been looking at those little dinos in the gyms. And, yeah. and I'd always, oh, oh man, I really want a shiny Dino. Oh, I want a shiny Dino. <laughs> and someone invited me after every, I had completed everything. And I just jumped in because I wanted to get the community day box because I had enough for it, yeah. but they wouldn't let you buy it unless you used up your distance raid passes. And so I was like, oh, oh I'll jump this. So I jumped in, I caught the, I went ahead and I completed it really fast. It went down really fast. I think there were like eight of us in for a Dino yeah. and Oh my goodness, it was a shiny. I could not tell you how elated I was. I just, I jumped up and down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Yeah, because, uh, well, you, uh, you put it out in the universe and it happens, right? you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, that was so cool. Yeah. Uh, what's, um, when it comes to, uh, you know, this, uh, one thing that, Pokemon Go was all about since the beginning was was a community and you know finally you know after a little while they finally you know you had you had friends in the in the in the game you're, you're right. making friends you're sending sending gifts and, and things in nature uh doing trades which i still don't see why they can't do distance trading me uh, either <laughs> if you can do dis- if you can do distance battles you can do remote tra- remote raids with right. people that are uh 110 kilometers away uh hint right. hint, you know <laughs> i know, uh, I know. at I don't any under- given time at any given time i have about a hundred trades in my bag just waiting to be traded yeah and i ever I always end up getting down to maybe 50. I think at one point I got down to 25 because I did so many trades because after so many trades, you you get a lucky trade and um, I always hold on to them. And if they did that darn distance, that would just free up for me to, you know, my bag space because I would be doing trading with people that are further away. You know, my folks don't live that far away. They're about four hours from us. Yeah. But I just I love trading with people because it's always fun when you both get a lucky trade and you're like, yes, finally. Yeah. I mean, they should, I, I think at the least, if you become a, a lucky friend with somebody, you should be able to have in infinite distance. I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't do that because exactly. it's, it's going to be, 
you know, you've, you've built the friendship, you've worked at it, you got the lucky, you're only going to be able to perform that one trade, one, that one special trade that day anyway, so why not give it to us? Yeah. You know? I mean, seriously, Niantic, are you listening? This is so <laughs> important. Write this down. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna to tag, I'm going to tag them in this. You should. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's, uh, speaking of, uh, trading, what is the, the one trade that you've made that, uh, that you enjoyed the most? You're either a lucky trade or something that, uh, turned out really good. Uh, you know, um, you know, did you get a hundred percent in a trade somewhere, which, you know, is, is very probably uncommon, but I guess it could happen. Let me tell you this, um, first, um, and I will answer that question, but the, one of my most memorable moments was when my dad, when I realized how serious he was in the game, I took him out to do some of the, uh, the battling in the gyms. Uh, and there was a, uh, now I can't think it's like, a, it's the tiger that looked at the little lions, the Sphinx. Is that right? Um, and he, and I was trying to explain to my dad what a shiny was. And I was like, you can get shinies of these. And he's like, oh, okay. So we went and we took it down. And I jumped up and down. I was like, oh, my gosh, I got a shiny. And I showed him. And he's like, oh, it's a different color. And I'm yeah. like, I know. That's what makes it shiny. Yeah. And I opened the, his eyes to the fact that those are super cool. And so then my dad immediately was like, oh, I got to get all the shinies. Uh -huh. So honestly, um, some of my favorite trades have been um, I love sitting down at a show and trading with you yeah. and and getting multiple i think i have like four chimichars because there was a community day and then we just traded afterwards and then i just started getting lucky after lucky and yeah <laughs> i have all these lucky chimichars i still love that and i have never forgotten that and then most recently they did the badoof day where um badoof oh. was everywhere it was more than one day yeah but i remember I was in Kansas at the time and we went out and we went looking for Bidoof and I was talking about how, Oh, it's possible that you can get a shiny. And I touched one and I, my dad was looking at my screen when a shiny popped up and he got so excited with me. We were both so excited together. <laughs> that was really awesome. It, that was a lot of fun. It's the golden Bidoof. Ta-da. Right? <laughs> yes. Oh, golly. Yeah, yeah, I think I got a total of two doing that that whole Bidoof event, and so I felt really I felt really proud of that. <laughs> what's the <laughs> uh, what's the um, of all the the monsters you have? Wh who, who which uh, monster do you have that's the most lucky of that you've got? Um, I think that I have. I'm trying to to think who I what I I have so many luckies at this point if i looked them up i probably have over 100 lucky because yeah it's doing the trades but um i think that i have a lucky dragonite that's probably my best one yeah and um and i i use dragonite in every single one of my rocket battles he's always in my team because even if he isn't going to beat it i can just go on to the next one which is a metagross and I can usually take whatever it is that I'm fighting down. Oh, my my lucky Mewtwo is my biggest one, and and he's sitting at forty one forty eight right now. Yeah. Quant quantity wise, who do you think? Which one do you think I have the most of? Mm, let's go to the map. I Chim Chimchar. <laughs> yeah, probably Chimchar. I'm looking at it right now, and it looks like Chimchar uh, is the one that I have the most of. I and then uh, 
their evolution yeah <laughs> because i evolved them because they're lucky yeah. oh yeah definitely yeah i do the same thing i think i for me i think it's uh, the most i have of i think i have uh, a lot of teddy russus so oh really <laughs> yeah which oh, is really, which is guys. which is kind of weird but that it is what it is you know yeah. and, I've, and i i did the same thing i kind of evolved them because i mean why not you get that you get that research task that says evolve a, evolve a pokemon why right. not why not do the uh why not do yeah. the lucky <laughs> Every single time. Yeah, I have a, a lucky, shiny uh, Latias. And I love that because it's uh, it's a different color. It's Because usually sometimes with the shinies, they're muted and you can't really tell. Yeah. But this one's a completely different color. And then it goes along because it's bright yellow. It goes right along with being lucky with all the yellow bubbles around it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's a- uh, So wish list for Pokemon Go. Uh, we, when we talked about the uh, distance rating and or distance uh, trading, uh, what else do you think they should add? I think they should make it so that I remember when they did the the Kangas, um, uh, how you could get that in an event. I think there are a lot of players that are at our level that there are certain things they can't get because they're you know they're regional. Yeah. I wish they would make it more possible for us to be able to do a trade with someone that's further. So that we can actually get the regional ones. Um, I have a niece in Australia that I can that I would love to be able to trade with, but there's no way right now until Niantic frees it up for us to be able to distance trade. I think your idea of being able, if you go lucky, then you should be able to do a lucky trade wherever you are. Yeah, one thing I'd like to do is what I think would be kind of cool is if a person can catch a say like a regional. Uh, and they can put it in an egg and send it in a gift to you. But, that would be cool. you, but you would not know that, you know, just like we do, you know, like now we don't know what's in the gift until we open it. Right. So, so that's going to cause you always to make sure that you've got, you know, an open egg space. Otherwise right. you're, you're out of luck. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind if it's, um, if, if it takes 12 K to open it, but right. I think that would still be cool. Oh man, that would if you, be so if you, awesome! If you could send Pokemon in, you, know, you just you put it like I said, put it in an egg, put it in the gift, and and send it away. I think that would be kind of cool to do. I think so too. I feel a little bit jaded about it because you don't know how many trubbish I've opened in the in the red the red <laughs> spotted eggs, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? Because my dad will have one of every kind from the red spotted eggs, and I'm just like, oh look, it's another trubbish, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I've been getting a lot of I can't oh I can't think of the name of it, but it's the kind of like the the vulture looking one that's in the egg. Uh, yeah. The eggshell. I've been getting a lot of them in the uh, in the twelve k. So yeah. So I don't, which I don't which I don't mind those. Those are pretty cool because uh, don't have a lot of candy in them. So when you open, you know hatch the egg, of course you get a lot of candy with it too. So that's right. always that's always nice. You know what I love is when you when you open up your friends list and you're going to send send gifts to people. I love when people show off their shinies uh, and they're like, look what I caught because you can, I, I would love to be able to communicate with them. And, and even if Niantic would make it so you could give them a high five. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. I don't see why they can't add a uh, chat function in there as well. Right. I think it would be so cool. Even if they, even if they 
um, minimized it to you can only say these three things. If you could send someone a high five or a good job or anything, just to let them know that you're playing together and you're watching, that's so cool. And I think it would just add to it even more. Yeah. And and the reason why I say that is, too, because uh, the only other way to try to find somebody that you may or may not know is through the through the social medias. Right. Like, for example, this is a great time, great timing. Um, somebody that's on my friends list. I'm not friends on Facebook, yeah. but I posted, you know, I posted, uh, you know, my, um, you know, trainer name and everything on one of the local, you know, Facebook groups and, yeah. you know, said, hey, you know, I'm looking. Hey, this is me. I'd like to try to get in contact with some of my uh, lucky friends that I don't know personally and yeah. things like that. Well, one of the person saw that on the local one of the uh, Facebook groups and uh, messaged me in Messenger goes, hey, by the way, you were almost uh, best friends uh, with, you know, day. Do you want to coordinate a course of Lucky Egg? Awesome. And I, and I said, yeah. So there's one another reason that, you know, they should be able to should try to see if they can integrate a uh, chat function. And, you know, it's as simple as two is if. If they're, you know, if they're worried about, um, you know, inappropriate behavior or harassment or things like that, easy to be able to put a button in there um, to say, hey, you know, I've got a harassed, you know, harassing type of uh, message, you know, and they should, <laughs> Niantic has logs for things. They're going right. to not, not admit that they've got logs, but they've got logs to things. I think oh, when, yeah. you, when you call, cus- when you talk to customer service in the app, I think they, they, can see a lot more than they admit to. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, I can springboard off of that. I actually, uh, when raiding together had just become a thing, I had a friend that kept inviting me to raids and I was super excited because there were opportunities for me that wouldn't have been there if they weren't inviting me to raids. So on a local Pokemon go, uh, Facebook page, I, I took a screenshot of the player and I put it out there and I said, Hey, I'm looking for this player. If you're them, please just message me. And I got a message like three days later and it was, why are you looking for this player? And I said, I'm sorry, who are you? And they're like, I'm their mom. And I was like, Oh, well, I was just reaching out to them to tell them thank you because I was really excited <laughs> that they have been uh, pl- inviting me to raids. And she's like, Oh, I play too. Are we friends? And at that time I think that we were, and now I receive raid invites from both of them. But yeah. seriously, like, it could have gone the other way because it, right. uh, she was like, uh, why are you trying to reach out to this person? And I was like, oh, I was just going to tell him thank you. Yeah. So exactly. They could totally, you know, moderate, moderate, mo- mediate or, <laughs> or moderate. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and go on there and they could, you know, you could put harassment or you could block or something like that. Yeah. There's we're already in technology. There's so much that we can do. Right. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I understand it's probably something to the effect that they're trying to make sure that they don't put something in there that's going to break their system, which right. they they tend to do every once in a while that just kind of makes something not work anymore, which right. then, of, course, of course they get a lot of slack for. <laughs> right. They seriously, like they fix something and yeah. two, two more things break and you're like, no. Yeah. And my, my, <laughs> my biggest thing is you can't play podcasts on your phone and raid at the same time. It crashes Pokemon Go. Right. No, uh, I get that because I listen to your <laughs> podcast, so I totally appreciate that too. I'm yeah. like, come on, 
Pokemon yeah, Go catch up. Yeah, the pod, the podcast, the sound, I don't know about yours, but for me, the pad, podcast kind of uh, does the uh, pixelizing noise type thing, and then Pokemon, right. and then Pokemon Go crashes. <laughs> right, where you're like a robot, and then suddenly it, you, you, your game has crashed and totally. Then, and then you're like, can I launch and get back into the raid? <laughs> before before you know before it closes or so that i can you know make sure i get the credit for you know uh, defeating it and get the xp and get to that bonus screen you know oh man i've lost so many distance raid passes that way that you just feel so defeated no i totally agree (laughs) yeah i was like yeah i was like close pop close the podcast app (laughs) before i start uh, raiding you know especially on especially on a cell phone signal versus a wi-fi so which totally. seems seems to be the 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 biggest issue. So as long as as soon as they can get that fixed, uh, that would be great. And I don't know why because I don't know about you, but I I have my sound off. I have my I have my sound the music off. I have the sound effects off. I don't need that because I'm doing other things. And right. the only thing I have on is the vibrate. So you know, but I yeah. noticed I noticed with this most recent um, this Go Fest, they were like for the best effect, keep your sound on. And so we yeah. turned sound on and we we're like no it's the same <laughs> well, so i think that a lot of people do that yeah well i thought it was supposed to be different but uh i guess it wasn't no it really wasn't, <laughs> it, wasn't <laughs> it wasn't different enough that you'd notice uh-huh. so, yeah but there's just there's so much camaraderie i think that even uh be- being able to play with you has has been so so much fun um just meeting up at shows being as you don't live here yeah. um that it, that just shows that there's just so much community in that, which goes hand in hand with wrestling because there's so much community in it. And you just, you want to support it because you see these people just um, going out there and just giving it their all and the promoters. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine how hard their job is because that they, they do it so well that they make it look easy, but behind the scenes, you know that they've got to be a yeah. juggler. Yeah. And how, I mean, you're, you, you kind of wonder, um, how many hours uh, a week did you dedicate to this, and then also uh, do your 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 real work job right. devoted devoted to family time and and right. things of that nature? I mean, I don't. Yeah, I I, I totally get it. Uh, you know how much uh, of, of of just balancing balancing everything. Well, we've learned in our house that it's show day. So like when Jim wakes up in the morning, he has a routine that he starts his day and then he has a routine for what he's going to do to get ready. And then he leaves at a certain time. And if it's a show that we're going to get to go to, then we have a certain time that we leave. And, you know, it's a full day that's dedicated to those those hours. And you go and you cheer and you come home and you're just kind of you just you're spent, but in a good way, just emotionally. And you just feel really good about it. I remember one time I was in Kansas and uh, Jimbo was wrestling and I, I messaged him and I was like, did you get hurt? (laughs) And he didn't message me back till the next day because he didn't want me to worry, you know, because I, it doesn't matter if it's him or any of the other wrestlers. If I think they're hurt, I'm, and if they're a heel or a face, I'm rooting for them. I want them to go out there and, and perform and feel good about it and know that they did a good job. And I don't want them to come out of there injured because I mean, they're giving their time and they're giving their performance. So all of that is so important. So true. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, and, and Katie, I I think that might be a fantastic uh, bow to, uh, 
put on this uh, conversation of you and I. Uh, I think that's a, a great point like to, to, to end with. Um, yeah. I want to, of course, thank you for coming on to the podcast and introducing yourself to uh, some of the listeners you know and probably some of the listeners you don't uh, or the, and vice versa that know you and and uh, and, and do know you <laughs> or, or yeah. and don't know you, I should say. Uh, but before I do let you go, uh, normally I have the uh, people that I have on, usually that they're a wrestler or a promoter owner things like that they have social media to plug things that shows to plug things of that nature but in your particular case um what i'd ask for you, from you is um any uh, words of wisdom uh, thoughts uh you know uh, things that you'd like to ask of the listeners when it comes to the uh, uh the, the professional wrestling I've seen the diehard fans and I've seen the brand new born fans where people go to their first show and they and they just feel so elated because they they experience it in the way that we all do where it's you just you can't help but be excited for the guys that are out there doing it. And I would say one, uh, go to the merch table and buy their merch Um, Two, after the show, walk up to them and say thank you you know, because they are, they are doing us a service and they're amazing and they're putting their heart out there. And, uh, also thank you to all the promoters because I can't imagine how hard their job is, but I'm so grateful to them, but put, you know, buy their tickets, show up to their shows, root, cheer, boo, whatever you want. Just know that those guys are out there giving it their all guys and gals. Oh my gosh. So many wonderful female wrestlers too, that are just so inspiring. I, I think my daughter, decided seeing Daisy that she she want I want to be a wrestler so understand that just show up and support them those are my words of wisdom awesome well thank you thank you for that and I hope uh, everybody listening uh, uh, heeds those uh, he heeds those words and, and take those to take them to heart I think that would yeah. be a, a fantastic thing all right well uh, once again uh, thank you for uh, coming on and I know I definitely will be uh, seeing you and Jim in the near future <laughs> yes sir thank you for everything uh, we love Mr. Fourth Row in this house wrestling without you <laughs> Once again, a big, huge thank you to Katie for coming on to this episode of the Wrestling With Altitude podcast and introducing herself to all of the listeners that, like I said, that may know, may not know, may, she may know, and she may not know, as I said earlier in the, the interview. Uh, as uh, we do here on Wrestling With Altitude, we will do a quick weekend review of what I got to experience when it came to the wacky world of uh, professional wrestling this past week. And that was, of course, on the 16th. It went to uh, that shoot pro wrestling uh, from uh, Jake Shannon. Fantastic. It was a fun night. It was a something a little STD, a little something totally different uh, that uh, I got to experience. I just got to watch, you know, have to worry about, like I said to a lot of the guys and gals and Jake, uh, just got to watch and, and cheer and just kind of enjoy and not have to worry about booing the face, uh, booing the heels and uh, and cheering the faces as you would in a, a, a wrestling and got to see, of course, some people that I know uh, do some great efforts and kudos to all of them uh, for 
taking that uh, courage and, and that step into that uh, ring in that environment that's a little different and a little uh, not what they're used to. So I want to give a, a big shout out and uh, pat on the back to them. And then, of course, on a Saturday, I attended the uh, Rocky Mountain Pro uh, event. I uh, thought it was a charge taping, but actually it was just going to be a live event uh, for uh, Rocky Mountain Pro. Kind of the same thing, um, in a way, uh, because there was just kind of a little break from the uh, storylines that uh, were going on in uh, Rocky Mountain Pro. We just got to see some professional wrestling and got to uh, just get loose and have fun with the, the wrestling and just not have to worry about a lot of what was going on in the uh, storylines, dates, and things of that nature when it came to uh, Rocky Mountain Pro. So that was a lot of fun. But what do we have uh, coming up here in the future? We've got two events that I know of. Uh, The first one is that on both on Saturday, we first got uh, Primo's Premier Pro Wrestling is having Johnny Crash's Love Muscle event. Uh, it's going to be uh, great. Uh, if you want to go to this, of course, this is at the uh, uh, Watering Bowl in uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, it is part, of course, uh, Primo's Primo's uh, Butcher Shop, the Chopping Block. Want to get tickets to this, uh, head over to the uh, Primo's Premier Pro Wrestling's uh, Facebook page, and you'll find the link right there. And I believe if you use the promo code of Crash Daddy, you will get a discount on your tickets. So that's going to be a lot of fun right there. And of course, uh, Rocky Mount Pro is uh, back at Romero's in Lafayette, Colorado. That's going to be fun too. Another fun event and uh, you want to get tickets to that, it's as simple as going to rmpwrestling.com. And at the time of this recording, the front row is almost sold out. So if you're hearing this, push pause right now. Head over to rmpwrestling.com, get your front row tickets, and then come back to the podcast, and I will be here for you. Before we get out of here, let's give a shout-out to the Trending Topics Network. If you like this show, catch other great shows such as as the All Beer Inside, the Eurovision Showcase, the Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling Cheers, which can be found on their feed in your favorite podcast catching application of your choice. That's also shout out to some of the other podcast friends of the show. First of all, the Indie Pod Report. Head over to their website. And like they say, you may be able to find your next favorite podcast there. Let's also give a shout out to another podcast friend, and that is Here's My Story, hosted by my friend Chris. Uh, he tells uh, stories of the uh, battles of the uh, that we fight in our head of every day and the emotional struggles, and it's great to hear things like that and you may even if you go to the back catalog hear a story of mine if you want to support this show head over to prowrestlingtees.com slash mr fourth row pick yourself up a wrestling with altitude t-shirt i additionally have some still on hand so if you want to get those right away just uh at me uh the next time you see me in person and i'll be gladly to 
uh, sell you a t-shirt in person. Want to get in contact with this show? WrestlingWithAltitude.com is the website. Podcast at WrestlingWithAltitude.com is the email address. We are on Facebook, of course, at WrestlingWithAltitude, and on Twitter of the, the handle Russell altitude thank you all once again for listening and having fun wrestling with altitude